Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I'm not your host. A man, the classy alcoholic, will be doing hosting duties, as you will see very quickly. His voice and mine do not sound the same, and he introduces himself as a classy alcoholic. So, you'll find out real quick it's not me. Um, if you haven't figured it out already by me telling you that it's not me. <laughs> so, we go down to Tucson. Um, Classy was already in Tucson because that's where he's from. I went down to Tucson, um, hit up some places, including Dillinger. These guys are awesome, making some fantastic beers. That wild ale that they had was one of my favorite beers so far this year. So you got to check these guys out. I think they're on the shelf some places up here, some of the uh, local beer stops like Craft Beer Hop Stop, King's Convenience. I'm sure Wondering Tortoise has it. Uh, Bottle Shop 48. Check them all out. See who has the beer and get it they got dillinger beer try it out these guys are cool really cool story young dudes doing awesome stuff so without further ado let's tap into dillinger brewing Company. welcome to the tap that easy podcast the podcast that brings you stories from the arizona craft beer community I am not your host, Eric Walters. I am the Classy Alcoholic, Arizona's number one craft beer, wine, and spirits blogger. Thank you. Eric has been arrested for murder, and we're working really hard with his legal team to get him back. In the meantime, I'll be hosting today's episode from Tucson, the old Pueblo, and I am sitting in the tap room of Dillinger Brewing Company. Woo-hoo. Yeah, who am I sitting across from right now? What's going on? I'm Aaron, one of the co-owners down here at Dillinger. What's up, Aaron? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's a nice Saturday morning, sun's out, and we're just kind of hanging out, talking beer. Exactly. Sun's out, bun's out. Uh, by the way, I'm not wearing pants for the listener. Um, it's very true, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. Uh, full disclosure, Aaron and I are, are buds. Uh, I love Dillinger Brewing Company. I am, a, I am a customer. I am a fan. I think they do great work. And I'm excited to get to chat with uh, one of the owners today. So, uh Aaron, you are a co-owner along with our friend Eric Sipe. That's true. Cannot yeah. be here today. He uh, also arrested for murder, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enough. yeah. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about Dillinger Brewing Company. Sure. So we're down here in Tucson, Arizona. We are two years old now. Just had our anniversary a few weeks back. Uh, we make a bunch of different beers. We're always changing things up as we go. We make uh, the Serrano Seduction year-round. It's uh, American wheat with hatch green chilies and Serrano peppers. We have the Roadrunner Red that we sell for the Roadrunners hockey team locally. We have a bunch of rotating sours, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we have a cool little tap room off Oracle Road in the back of a very undescript industrial park. And it's kind of like our speakeasy. Right. A lot of people mention that the place is hard to find, which, by the way, it's not. It's really not. It's, it's just off of Oracle Road. But anyway, so I actually – the the Elephant in the room, not me, which I am fat, but that's sure. not what I'm talking about. So, how old are you? I uh, 27 years old, you going tw- on 28. You go 27, going on 28. Uh, your partner uh, Sipe is 28. I 28 believe. as well. Yeah. So, where do you get off being a fucking baby and already being more successful than I am? And obviously, our host Eric Walters, who is uh, in prison right now. Well, depends. Depends how you look at it. Uh, it doesn't help that I'm 27, but I look like I'm 18 or 19 as well. So, it kind of doubles down. That's but um, so we, start, we had this idea back when we were in college together. We were in a, a co-ed business fraternity, and uh, we started talking business ideas, and we'd want to get away from the girls and do our gentlemen's nights. So we'd have cigars, whiskeys, craft beers, and uh, just talk about how we wanted to open businesses one day. Um, I found out later that 
Eric Snipe does not do pipe dreams. If he says he's going to do something, he's very serious about it. Really? Found that out a few years later. And uh, so after school, I started liking craft beer. I went to go work for Crescent Crown Distributing in Phoenix, the local beer distributor up there. Got four years of that experience under my belt. And by that time, Eric was getting things ready to rock down here. And I joined him, and we got it going. So wait, were you, you had the idea for a brewery before you were even into craft beer? Yes. So we, we thought we were into craft beer. You know, I, I brought okay. Blue Moons to a party one time. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt the, very, the, very The original cool. craft, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we spent a lot of time drinking on the patio of Frog and Firkin during their world, they're doing their world beer tour. So Yeah, Frog and Firkin, that's a restaurant here uh, in Tucson um, the, by the university, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, right there on University Avenue. Yeah. So back in the day, of course. How, how long ago was this? This was back in 2013. It's like six years ago now. Okay. So that, that was actually right before the craft beer boom in Arizona because I think Borderlands is turning seven. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Dragoon is close to turning eight or, or seven as well. Something like that. Yeah. So those were the, the originals. So uh, obviously now the uh, Arizona beer scene has exploded, but back then, it was there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of places so there what, wasn't what, too much and uh, Eric was actually one of the first interns over at Borderlands he was 21 and I was 20 so I could not work there but uh, <laughs> <Goddamn baby. laughs> yeah. so we started uh, he helped, you know he helped there set up their equipment helped them get everything going did brew days with them right like a long time ago so we kind of had that idea fed into us okay from okay, a while back okay but you still you still sort of had the idea of a brewery before that even happened sure wow yeah. you could that that is kind of putting the card before the horse, but I guess the uh, the success story of Dillinger kind card of card before the horse. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so so back in back in my day, uh, they, we didn't have uh, automobiles. It was okay. uh, little little cars, little carts that were uh, pulled by by horse. But anyway, shut up. Don't, don't worry about it. All right. Anyway, so um, six years ago, what were you drinking uh, other than Blue Moon? Like, what was what was available? That was like craft wise. Yeah, craft wise. Yeah. Uh, I remember I had some Nimbus beers. They were uh, R. I. P. around R. I. P. back D. then. RIP. Uh, they are recently brought back, though, being brewed by two brothers. So I didn't know that. Get actually. ready for a comeback. Oh, we're, we're breaking some news here yeah. on the Tap That Easy breaking podcast. News. <laughs> okay, so Nimbus and what else? Uh, so Nimbus was around, not too much local. Um, like I said, we're at Frog and Firk, and they had like 86 beers that you had to drink to get your name on the wall. And Did you make it? I made it to like eighty one. Oh, so damn. I got my beer seventy five mug, but I saved all the expensive like forty dollar cork bottles to the end, and I was in college, so okay, I yeah, didn't quite so finish. <laughs> eighty six beers in a day. That's a that's a, that's a tough a, day. That was yeah. hefty. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, but, but if uh, for the listener at home, I'm just hanging out and talking to my buddy now and asking him questions that I would be otherwise. So uh, hopefully you find this interesting. But anyway, um, so yeah. So, you know, like London's Pride was on tap, all the Sam Adams stuff, New Belgium stuff, just like, you know, the basic regional craft beers that you could get anywhere was, yeah. uh, was kind of what, what there was to drink. It's really interesting how far we've come, just uh, the, the availability, the quantity and quality of Arizona beer. It's, it's, it's insane. Do you feel having worked for a distributor, obviously you, you sell Dillinger beer to mm-hmm. different uh, beer bars, um, Total Wine restaurants, all that uh, stuff. Do you think we have too much Arizona beer, not enough out-of-state um, breweries coming in? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think we have a lot of more room for Arizona to, to grow into that. Okay. We still kind of get overshadowed by the San Diego markets, Colorado stuff, because they just have massive amounts of breweries coming in. And their beers are really good because they're, you know, they're kind of a more veteran market. Arizona beers are really good too, but we, you know, we still have a lot of growing to do. Until you know, we can stop them from coming across our border, and you know, kind of own the market ourselves. Uh, build a wall um, on the California border. So yeah, uh. I, what's, what's really funny? Um, 
what's interesting to me is I, I've always thought I, I love Arizona beer mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy about the availability of it. Uh, but I thought we were we've been very underserved by out of state breweries. I think only recently mm-hmm. we've gotten I think when Almanac came in, I think that sort of broke the dam. That's true. Yeah, Prairie yeah. now. Uh, but it's really interesting for you to say that we definitely need even more Arizona beers mm-hmm. uh, around. So are you seeing in your experience too well, – I don't want to say too many, but what's, what's, the, uh, what's the breakdown of how many out-of-state versus Arizona beers uh, are on, on taps, restaurants, bars uh, that you've been to? Uh, depends on the type of place. Um, I think restaurants around Tucson especially were pretty like mom-and-pop locally – prominent place so a lot of people are putting on local tabs kind of rotating us around but you'll still see a lot of uh you know really good beers like modern times belching beaver almanac prairie um la cumbre stuff like that there's really good beers and like the big craft places you know they have enough room for both but you know arizona's coming up too okay yeah i i definitely think we're underrated as a as a beer scene i agree i think we need a a lot more acclaim than we are, than we have right mm-hmm. now. I, th- I think Arizona beer can stack up to a lot of different states. Anything they have to offer. So, speaking of which, tell me about a couple of the beers that you brew here at Dillinger. What the styles are? Sure. What What are the uh, What's the philosophy behind them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a flight here. If you like to sample some, I yeah, can kinda, I can kind of walk you through. That's no, our uh, yeah, Eric saying that those beers are specifically for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were, I'm not allowed to share. How did you get out of prison, you asshole? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but I'll yeah, let's yeah let's go let's go through the okay. go through the line here. So I just brought a, a four of the beers we currently have tap right now. Uh, the first couple I alluded to earlier, they're kind of the year round staples we have, starting with the Serrano Seduction. This was the first beer we actually ever brewed as a professional brewing company, and we did it over at Catalina Brewing Company's system. So we're trying to get ready for uh, an edible Baja. I used to do these events where all the breweries had to pick one local ingredient. I'll do a beer with that and kind of have a little beer fest for them. Uh, that was right when we were getting open, and it was uh, chili peppers. So we went with an American wheat, light base, and lightly spiced as well. So you get the flavors from the Serranos, flavors from the Hatch chilies, but it's not an overwhelmingly spicy beer. makes a good michelada, and it's just very sessionable. feels very southwestern. Did you do this professionally? You sound great on the mic. Just I, talking about beer. <laughs> I have to do this all day, every day, just sitting down at different bars. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I, lo- I love the Serrano. I, I love spicy, mm-hmm. but this is not... Definitely, if you're not into spice, I think you'll be okay. Uh, this get, just coats your tongue a little bit with a nice warmth, uh, warmth of the chili, more flavor than it is the the burning sensation. But uh, yeah, so at, at the Edible Baja um, Fest, mm-hmm. how, how did this? Uh, how was how was this received? It was well received. Uh, you know, a lot of people went really spicy or really out there, and we were just kind of you know we kind of went the other direction. So zigged right. when they zagged, and we're like, well, here have this nice sessionable light. Easy drinking southwestern spice beer, and I think people were happy with that. They could have a couple of them without getting heartburn, which is nice. <laughs> you know, the older you get, baby, <laughs> um, you tiny baby. The older you get, the heartburn is worse than the hangover. I can tell you that for Ooh. a fact. Yeah, I should put that on the can if it ever comes out in can. <laughs> <laughs> the heartburn is worse than the hangover once you get over thirty. Uh. Yeah, so that's kind of been like our tap room staple. Whenever we don't have it on because we're between batches or something, people get very furious. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so we always we're always brewing that. Next beer in the lineup, um, the Roadrunner Red. Like I said, we sell that down at the Tucson Convention Center with our AHL Tucson Roadrunners hockey team. We do have hockey in the desert. Yes, we do. And also, uh, cut you off for a second. How the hell did you get on tap at the convention center? Because I've been there. I've been to the Roadrunners hockey game. A mm-hmm. lot of fun. If you uh, if you haven't been to a Roadrunners hockey game, definitely go out and check them out. It's it's a hell of a time. But there's like. 
three beers on tap. The other two are like Bud Light and Dos Equis or something. What? How the hell did that even happen? Well, we named it Roadrunner Red with the mission to get it on tap in the stadium much before that was reality. So we kind of, you know, again, self-profitize a little bit. <laughs> and uh, we know a lot of people within the organization. Um, Eric's wife, Julie, was one of the first employees there. I worked Hi, there Julie. part-time as well. And uh, so basically bugged the people inside enough to bug the people at the TCC enough to put it on tap. And, uh, you know, we fit right in. It's uh, the tap handle at the stadium is actually on a hockey stick. So it sticks out, and people are like, give me that hockey beer. And, uh, oh, really? So, yeah. how, do, how do you keep up with demand? I mean, the, the place is huge. The customers must be just d- running that thing dry. They like it, yeah. It, uh, the demand's good. Uh, we have pretty large-sized system for how young of a brewery we are. We brew in a 10-barrel system with a couple 20-barrel fermenters if we ever need to double-batch into those. So we opened up with the, the kind of idea to grow into distribution without needing to refinance the whole place and upgrade our system, you know, eight months into the whole company. Cart before the horse. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a lesson to y'all. Don't think your dreams are too big. Definitely dream. Just kind of go for it and hope it works out. Yeah. I mean, if not, you just end up getting a regular job. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you might fail yeah. and oh, uh, yeah. you might go bankrupt. Uh, you're not going to be the same success that uh, Aaron and, and, and Sipe have been at Dillinger Brewing. You're, you're probably going to fail at your dreams and you're going to lose everything that you've worked for. And you're going to hate being alive. Anyway, so Road to Red. Nice yeah. podcasting. <laughs> That's classy for you, though. I, I want to be optimistic but also realistic. So. Um, but yeah, the reds the reds are really really yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's, it's half our production right now. We brew it pretty much every ten days or so. Uh, we send it out to a lot of restaurants in town, Culinary Dropout, Commoner and Co., uh, Kingfisher, pretty much anyone that keeps us on with a permanent tap handle. It's the red. What about in Phoenix? Uh, is that getting getting around out there? We're not doing too much draft up into Phoenix yet. Right now, it's just our limited can releases, and I'll just kind of load up the sedan, put thirty cases of beer in the back, and uh, just kind of drop it around the liquor store stuff like that. Nice. And is, uh, so would you say the red is your flagship? Uh, yes. It wasn't intended to be, but it's created itself to be, and uh, we're embracing it now because it's, it's a really nice beer. It's very yeah. approachable as well. Yeah, I think Alan from 1912 uh, said something about how uh, your flagship finds you or exactly. something like that. You yeah. can't really force it. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll just happen. Um, all right, we've got something that says maple here. Yeah, so the next one on the list is one of our seasonal brews we just put out in cans. It's called Maple Mania. It is an imperial porter at 8.1% with 150 pounds of maple syrup straight from a farm in Vermont. It's not overwhelmingly heavy. It's not too thick. It's just a nice you know, dark brown color, maple drinking beer without overwhelming sweetness. It, it is sweet as hell, though, in, in a good way. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Put it on your pancakes. Have it for dessert. Yeah, it's not exactly uh, diabetes in a glass, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. perfect for a, for a hungover Saturday morning. That's perfect Which that. uh, one, yeah. one of us may or may not be uh, <laughs> needing right now. So, what, so what's this guy that says sisters right here? <laughs> yeah, so the next one uh, is called Sisters Share Wild Ale. Uh, we went 50-50 on a couple wine barrels with uh, Hops and Vines down in Sonoida. And for those who don't know them, it's two infamous sisters that own that place and can kind of wreak havoc on southern Arizona, <laughs> just partying up and down the state, having a good time. Uh, so we went 50-50 on barrels with them. So they took them, filled them with their Malvasia white wine, cleared it out, then gave us the barrels, and we filled it with uh, a Saison. And kind of let it naturally sour and age for nine months with all the the wild bread from the grapes and the oak and stuff like that. And it came out pretty fun. Huge white wine flavors in there. And, uh, yeah, a little funkiness, too. And it drinks nice. How did you end up uh, meeting and coming to this deal with the uh, Hops and Vines ladies? 
Uh, we've just been down to Sonoda for some of their events, and they come up here, check out the beer scene too. And we always wanted to start like a caskmates program with someone where right. you know they do the wine barrels, we fill it with beer, then we empty it out, give it back to them, they put more wine in it, and we kind of trade back and forth for the foreseeable future. So this is our first installment, and it's a first run through this barrel, so you get a lot of the nice white wine flavor in there too. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it's a sour that's not it's not super tart. Right. It's it's yeah. more it's very mellow, but it definitely gives you. A lot of that mal- Malvasia yeah. flavor on there. Uh, it's a nice which... way to bring in, you know, like like wives or husbands, people that normally drink wine and Chardonnays and stuff, and they want to switch over to a beer because we can only sell beer here. So right. over here, have this beer taste like wine. And yeah, I think they're I, usually I, happy with it. I was here when a customer was saying, "Yeah, I'm not normally a beer drinker. I love wine. Um, I want to try that thing." And uh, the, this person was blown away just because it's uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's the best of both worlds. Exactly, like yeah. a skinny girl with fat thighs. Ooh. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> anyway, um, so and the the uh, sorry, what was the what was the sour called? Sister Share Wild Ale. Sister Share Wild Ale. Mm-hmm. That's available in bottles. Uh, w- just at the tap room. Where, where bottles just in the tap room. We only have like a handful left too. Uh, we didn't get a huge uh, huge batch of it because we just have you know like the one barrel. So so whatever we got left. Yeah, I'm looking. And, uh, at the I see fridge Eric right now staring see... at the fridge right now. I did save those two for you up top. Yeah, I see. There's three bottles in the fridge right now. Are those mm-hmm. the last three, or there's like five in the back right now. I could, I okay. could stock. Yeah, I don't know. If it's going to make it by the time you hear this episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, uh, I, I like you brought up hops and vines, which is a winery in mm-hmm. Sonoma. Like you said, great place, great wine. Uh, I there's I keep hearing people kind of pitting craft beer versus wine and spirits, uh, but. I want to say Arizona has a very, very tight-knit booze community mm-hmm. in general. You know, when I go to wineries, which Arizona has, has great wine country, I ended up talking about beer with a lot of the people who work there. And uh, I know that both you and Saip also love wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think what, – what's, what's your take on that? Uh, I know that our local distilling scene is really mm-hmm. coming up. It's, it's yeah. young. It has a, has a lot to grow. But I, I want to say that – People in this state, there, there's not those divisions that are, that are that you see in other states and different communities. What, what do you? What's your take on that? I think we're all trying to like build the biggest like booze identity we can for Arizona. Whether it's our, you know, a lot of people don't know we can grow wine in Arizona, but we have a lot of really good climates down south and up north and stuff that really are good for those grapes. And a lot of people don't realize that because they just think we're saguaro cactuses and desert right. and stuff like that. So. Uh, the more local wine, op- like local wine bars will open, and they'll serve local beer. The more local beer bars open, they'll sell local wine. And it uh, kind of helps everybody out, find something they want to drink, and uh, adds more business to all of it. Yeah, I'm not even saying that the craft beer versus wine and spirits uh, division isn't real. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel that it's not as prominent here in Arizona. You know, it's, it's, we have such a unique community, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a very moment in time because t- you talk to distillers – Oh, I know you. You know a few of them around mm-hmm. town, and they're the way they speak. It's just like talking to craft brewers five years ago, six years ago. It's like going back in time. They're oh, yeah. talking about yeah. trying to break into the industry, trying to get noticed, trying to make a name for themselves when they're going up against you know Jack and Great Goose or whatever the hell. So it's it's a very, I guess you'd say it. it this this state fosters growth. Like yes. it really supports yeah. growth for the little guy, yeah. which, which and, I uh, love. Yeah, the early adopters, too, like the bigger guys, you see like Delbach right now and Three right. Wells and stuff, uh, they're kind of acting the same way as, you know, like Barrio, Thunder Canyon, Dragoon did, where they kind of 
put themselves out there early. They have to do the majority of the convincing to the bars that, you know, local spirits, local beers, they're real. They'll sell well. Just put them on. Right. And once that boundary's broken, it makes way for people like us who we don't have to convince them that local beer is good. Exactly. Because have been yeah. selling successfully bigger breweries for a while. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's crazy to see, and uh, I think it's just gonna it speaks well to uh, to Arizona and and the booze scene, and no, yeah, we're here we to like talk about other. beer. Yeah, we're just here sure. to drink stuff, have a good time, and yeah. you know, try to make a career out of it. Yeah, I, I know this is we're here talking about beer, but I think the this is ultimately also a booze podcast. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I really like to to give shout outs to the entire community. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's awesome that you work very closely in tandem. You're you're a very friendly, charming guy. So uh, thank it seems you. You've made a yeah. uh, made a lot of connections in the uh, in the industry. Uh, so what about when you said in Phoenix, in the Phoenix area, you're not really on draft as much. A lot of cans. What are mm-hmm. some places where your cans are hanging around? Um, so a lot of the big ones you'll find our cans up there. You know, King's Convenience in downtown Phoenix. They take Shout a lot of make our it. stuff. Um, let's see, Ground Control out way on the west side, Craft Beer Hop Shop, Craft Beer Quick Stop. Um, let's see, just craft basically beer hop stop. Quick and Shine. Oh, there's there's hop two of stop. them. There's Craft Beer Hop Stop and Craft Beer Quick Stop. Right, you said Hop Shop. Anyway, oh, so. Right. Shout out to Tucson Hop Shop. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I want to make sure people know the, where to get the stuff and know exactly yeah. where to, what to Google. But Yeah, Phoenix has, has a really good kind of off-premise retail craft beer scene where you get just a ton of places that have a huge beer selection and they, you know, they support self-distribution breweries like us, and uh, they basically have a ton of options. And there's tons of places up there to do that. Definitely, though, I I do I have seen that it looks like people really don't go out of their immediate area in Phoenix. They don't right. travel too far, right? <laughs> no, I, it's, uh, it's you, full of pockets. Yeah, if you go, even if you go to a craft beer bar, let's say let's say in Gilbert, mm-hmm. you're getting stuff from Chandler and Mesa. You're not really getting things across town. So, but you you yourself pack up your car and you drive stuff all the way out to from Gilbert all the way to ground control. It's a very long day usually. (laughs) I found I can fit like close to 40 cases in my little black Kia and uh, that's about the max of fit so far and I just kind of do little drop offs all day and uh, drive in the car for like 10 hours. Damn it. I love hearing stuff like that just because you you can tell what is a little guy. Like literally some (laughs) dude in his Kia you know, you don't have an eighteen wheeler. You know, you don't. You don't, even, you don't even, you're not even paying somebody to do that for you. Right. You're just doing it all yourself and making those connections. Um, did you have you had to uh, uh, our, uh, our our prisoner here because he's interrupting me? I don't know what the <laughs> hell he's saying because I have I have headphones on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Any who's what was I even saying? Um, uh, you go drive around in the yeah, Phoenix drive around area. a little car. Yeah. yeah. So, what was it like when you first opened and you had to break in? Because Phoenix has its own uh, beer scene. Uh, mm-hmm. How how receptive were they to a Tucson brewery that nobody knew and also you know owned by babies? Sure. Um, well, I knew a few people already from my days working in distribution up there. Oh, that's right. Um, so I had a few like early connections that kind of helped me make my way around. But I found mostly. Like, I've had some people quoted me out there, if it's made in Tucson, we'll sell their cans up here. Really? And I think uh, we're starting to have a nice little reputation down here because, you know, we got Pueblo Vida and Dragoon and a lot of really good breweries that have you know, made us look really good down here. I have some friends in Phoenix who have said they're super excited about anything that comes out of Tucson. Yeah, the, the, Tucson's reputation, beer reputation, mm-hmm. is definitely uh, making its way out there. Yeah, yeah. you know, we're a we're scrappy little town, very, you know, art-centric, local-focused, and that kind of breeds good hippies. beer. Yeah, but that breeds good beer. Yeah, hate hippies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, did, did you again cart before the horse? Did you get into distribution because you knew that at some point you were opening a brewery? 
Uh, well, we had talked about it in college, like I said, but at that point I had, you know, 0% thought that it would actually come to fruition. Um, so I liked craft beer and I found a, a job opportunity in it. So I'm like, I'm going to get this okay. experience. Uh, worst comes to worst. I have an awesome career at a good company and nice. best comes to best. I get experience to go start my own company. So it was kind of either way it went, it worked out in favor for me. So I was kind of excited about it. I gotcha. So when did it start to become a reality for you? When did you, when did it really click? Is it, mm-hmm. oh no, this is going to be my life pretty soon. Yeah. So Sype, uh, he worked all through college as like a property manager doing accounting and finance and landlording. So he saved up a lot of money while in school so he could travel after school. So he did two years around the world, kind of doing hostels, taking buses, taking boats country to country, you know, sleeping under benches and stuff. So he was gone for two years, and I just, you know, started a career in that moment. But as soon as he got back, he got a job bartending somewhere and started filling out paperwork to start getting the thing going. So that's kind of like, oh, wow, he's actually planning on doing this. So you think, I better get my shit together because like, oh, this snap. guy's very <laughs> serious. Yeah, very serious yeah. about it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I've t- I talked to Sipe about his many adventures uh, I kind of wish he was here on the podcast. So if you're listening to this, I hate you, you piece of shit. For... No days off. Yeah, know? no days it's off. Not, hashtag no days off. Yeah, um, yeah no, you get that's a, that's a really cool cool origin story, bro. Legitimately cool origin. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, by the time that you started selling it in uh, in Phoenix, Tucson already had that reputation. So mm-hmm. you kind of had a head start from everything that was going on here. It oh, definitely. It really made yeah. a name for itself. So that's, yeah, that's that, pr- it made it a lot easier for us because, you know, once people have already proven that Tucson beer is good, Tucson beer can sell, and there's a market for it, it makes people our size, you know, we're still tiny, so it makes it a lot easier sales story for us. Yeah, and the, again, that's credit to the big guys, the, the old guard, yeah. uh, Dragoon yeah. Barrio, Borderlands, uh, mm-hmm. would uh, put uh, them up there. Yeah, no, it's uh, it really does pave the way, and I think, I think that... Trying to figure out a way to not uh, not get messy, but there's some breweries that open and they definitely need some time to get their shit together. Uh, no disrespect, you know, I give everybody mm-hmm. six months a year. I there are, there are a couple of breweries that opening day their beer sucked. Oh yeah. man, it sucked, and then they became my favorite brewery. Yeah, I think I, uh, we're we're even kind of the same way. It, it makes a lot of sense for for the smaller breweries because you don't get to do a bunch of practice beers on your system if you need to open, you know, because you're, you're paying rent every month. Right. You're paying back your bank loans every month, and, you know, you have $0 coming in. So at some point, you're like, all right, let's just start brewing beers, see how they go. We'll tweak them every time. We'll kind of let the flagships find us. And, uh, you know, if you're not, you gotta, you got to learn and grow the entire time, too. You can't start off perfect. and Well, some right. people can, but they've been <laughs> doing it for a long time. But I think uh, you got to be a student of the game. That's kind of weird thing. We're kind of, you know, we're younger guys. We don't claim to be the best at anything. We just kind of learn from everyone around us and try to get better ourselves. Yeah, when you all opened, what, what was the feedback? I mean, did people sort of, did you get crappy on tap reviews? Did you have people right away saying, man, this place is great? Like, what was, uh, what was not, your experience Not too bad at reviews because we opened pretty, pretty obvious that we're still pretty new to it. We only had three beers on tap. We had the Serrano Seduction and American Wheat and um, a Brown at the time. I remember like, that brown. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of like just called it like an official grand opening, soft opening, where the doors are open. You can come check out our beers, but we still have all the tanks full with new beers coming out. You know, people were mad we didn't have an IPA right away, but it was brewed, just not ready. And so I think people kind of took right. that as a sign that we're still rolling stuff out over time and figuring it out. Yeah, de- definitely give places a chance. Like, don't be that asshole who yeah. walks in day one and it's like, two stars on you. Come on. Everybody deserves a shot. 
sure, if I go back to your brew a year later and it's still crappy, like I can't really <laughs> do much for you there. But I think everybody needs a learning curve. Sure. And yeah. uh, I'm not saying, oh, if you don't like a place, try it 10 more times and hate it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? But right. I, think, I think people deserve easily a few months, six oh, yeah. months, you even know, a year. Let's just let them get settled in. You know, they're usually a lot of time it's first-time business owners, uh, maybe home brewers that are switching over to a big system. And uh, they don't really give you a chance to practice on your system before you open because that's the last license you get right, is the, the right. federal permit to use your system. So you can be open, ready to go, your rent's being paid, your bar's set up, your health inspection's done, but you can't use your system until the federal government says you can. So that's usually the last hurdle. That's, uh, that's really interesting. That's a, that's a nice behind-the-scenes look oh, yeah. at uh, how, how a brewery <laughs> runs. That's, uh, that kind of sucks. I mean, everybody sort of should have... I don't know, a couple of batches to, to see sure. how it works on, yeah. on a new system, and it might suck, it might not. Right. Uh, yeah. did, you have, did, you, did you have to dump anything early on? We haven't really had any, uh, any, any dump beers, but we've definitely made beers better than other beers, if that makes sense. Gotcha. But, yeah, of yeah. course it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you guys have seemed to be, you said it's going to be, or you just hit two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, seemed to have just blown up. You guys came out of nowhere. Your name was everywhere mm-hmm. all of a sudden. What, what's, it, what's it been like just being a part of this ride oh it's fun because i think uh, we're starting to find out things that are you know working for us and things that are easier for us to do specifically so finding the red was good because that got us into you know the regular people regular beer restaurant scene it's an approachable beer middle of the road that kind of got us in that thing uh then we started coming out with gozas that were very well received so that's kind of got us more into the, the crafty people's hands and um you know, basically just finding different avenues to get to different people and just putting the, the right beer in the right people's hands. That's kind of what's been working for us. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Gozas, you got, a, you got a new guy on right now on tap, uh, the Mango Tahin Goza. Oh, which yeah. Is Mango Nada. Mango Nada. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was going to be called the Classy Mango Holic, but okay, whatever. We played with the idea, but realized that, you know, it wouldn't be good for marketing. It's bad PR. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Tell me about that beer. I tried it. It's Delicious. Yeah, so um, we love tahini here. We make micheladas. We put it on our popcorn and all that kind of stuff. And we like it how it tastes on fruits like mangoes and pineapples and stuff. So we thought we could make a beer that combines those things. And uh, with kettle sour gozas, one of the main ingredients in the brew process is sea salt traditionally. So we kind of substituted the sea salt for tahini and went there. So tons of mango puree, some tahini in there, make it a little tart. Uh, super fruity and juicy, and it's just a nice summer beer. And that's, uh, we've been selling a ton of that so far. Nice. Yeah, you were just telling me that uh, it's almost kind of gone. Pretty much all spoken for right now in the first week of selling it wholesale. Holy shit. So um, we're brewing a second batch next week. We can get it to more people. Yeah, but are, are kegs out there still? Kegs are out there. Where? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Arizona Beer House picked up a half barrel. Illegal Pete's on University picked up a couple half barrels. Um, let's see. I just did all the deliveries this week. I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, edit, edit in uh, other business names after uh, right. this is uh, we finish recording. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, Saguaro Corners on the east side. Saguaro they Corner. got some as well. You know, I've never been there. Oh, it's a very cool spot right there on the edge of the desert, Saguaro National Park. Uh, they got a good kitchen back there, live music on the patio. I highly recommend it for the east siders. Okay. I got I to gotta go out there and check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a haul. It's a, it's a bit of a drive, isn't it? It's very much of a drive. Yeah, yeah, but again, you're, you're doing it all yourself. So uh, 
Tucson is obviously smaller than Phoenix, but mm-hmm. you're still driving 20 minutes to go like five miles. Um, yes. Yeah. Like, a, are, are your days delivering in Tucson just as long as the days delivering in Phoenix? Uh, sometimes, yes. For instance, yesterday I started up at like uh, Dominic's Real Italian in Oro Valley, which is ah, Dominic. If, if you, yeah, Dominic's. Ah, my brother. So if, ah. you, if you know Tucson, that's like Bing. at uh, like pretty much Cortero and Thornydale, which is almost as far northwest as you can go. Yeah. I ended up from there going down to Rita Ranch and like near Vale, which is as far southeast as you can go. Holy shit! And then I went uh, more east to the Tanca Verde Guest Ranch, which is you know the end of Speedway where it's all desert and horses. And then made my way back through town. So yeah, a lot t- of time to listen to podcasts. Tucson, Tucson yeah. is is great, but if only there was a highway going straight across. That'd just, be nice. That'd be amazing. But anyway, um, I got some notes here from uh, our. Uh, our podcaster here was released from prison on uh, on bail. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so why the name uh, Dillinger? Why Dillinger? Oh, yeah. that's a good question. I forgot we didn't get to that. So uh, John Dillinger was uh, a gangster back in the twenties and thirties. Uh, uh, he's most famous for the FBI being created to hunt him down. I and, didn't know that. Really, well, it's very true. Oh no way! Yeah. I know. I know about also John, famous John from uh, Johnny Depp playing him in a movie. Yeah, fuck Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. that, movie, that movie's okay. You know what? I, I'm just happy that Christian Bale is in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron and I, which we share a, a hairstylist. Shout out to Mar- Mariah Haga. Yeah. Um, I every Instagram time I go in, at the same cat lady. Yeah, yeah, follow her on Instagram at the same cat lady. Uh, no, I go into uh, into the salon and I say, "Give me the Christian Bale as Bruce Ooh. Wayne." Yeah. yeah, not not as Dick Cheney, but uh, that's nice. But then, uh, yeah, more more notes from the producer. Yeah. All right. So then, <laughs> um, uh, so then, as that relates to Tucson, um, John Dillinger got caught at the Hotel Congress, where right. he got uh, famously arrested during the Great Fire on the third floor that flushed him out. And then uh, he tried to pay a cop off, and the cop took the money and still arrested him. Because so, Tucson police. That guy's are... an alpha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So awesome. it's just uh, kind of an ode to uh, Tucson history, culture, without just being called, you know, Tucson Brewing Company. And it allows us to have fun beer names like Public Enemy, Imperial Stout, Criminal right. Lifestyle, IPA, stuff like that. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a, uh, a a nice piece of Tucson history, of, of Arizona history, too, mm-hmm. I Every time I go anywhere, I won't shut up about uh, Sonoran hot dogs. Oh yeah, it's and delicious. How, how Tucson invented the chimichanga? Allegedly, allegedly, it's it's <laughs> Tucson invented the yeah. chimichanga, and uh, of course John Dillinger. So we, so we have a couple of claims to fame. Sure. You know, I gotta say, you're, you're from uh, the Bay Area, yeah, right? Yeah, from Northern California, a little town called Danville uh, in the Oakland suburbs. How'd you end up here in the desert? Uh, so I went out here, like a lot of uh, Californians do, to go to U of A. Um, cause you can get a lot better school here for about the same price out of state as a, a commuter school in state. Right. And, uh, so I went here, fell in love with it, had a good time, uh, worked here after and moved back here after that. So I've just been kind of embracing the Arizona resident lifestyle for a while. Yeah. I'm from Houston originally. So I'm, I'm a big city Mexican. I'm not like a ranch Mexican or, you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't, I don't, I don't go outdoor and work with my hands, you know, uh-huh. I, like, I like big city, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, Speaking as two guys from big cities, uh, I think Tucson, but Arizona's whole kind of gets a bad rap. I mean, Tucson just kind of people that I grew mm-hmm. up with. I don't know about you. We tell them you live in Tucson. They're like, why? It's just like a shitty. Yeah, a lot of people I said say where. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I I love Arizona. Yeah. I love it here. I mean, what 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 was your experience moving out here and telling people that you were going to be in Tucson and everybody's just like, was yeah, everybody? I think uh, a lot of people are like, oh, U of A. You know, that's that's. ASU, right? I'm like, no, they're different, but similar idea. Arizona State <laughs> University of yeah. Arizona, right? Yeah, ASU but, uh, of A. Yeah, the more people I've kind of brought out here and showed them around, they've, they've kind of found the appeal, too. 
Tucson kind of gets a bad rep. It's a very old city. Some of the neighborhoods aren't as nice as other neighborhoods, and other ones you drive through when you get off the highway or, or you go to the university. Like that's different in big cities. Come <laughs> right, on, so it's the what? same as every city. Yeah, yeah. You go to yeah. LA, you know, one one street you're in a really nice neighborhood, one street over you're in the goddamn hood. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's the same. Yeah, no, I, I think I definitely think we get a uh, Arizona gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I think that there's is a little bit of everything. Yeah, and we're uh, we're on the way up here in Tucson too. I don't know if you've been downtown recently. People that live in Phoenix that are listening. But it's kind of been exploding. It's growing. There's hotels, restaurants, new bars. Uh, same with the university area. The foothills are nice. Oro Valley and Marana are growing. And it's kind of like a, a little little boom town in the desert. Yeah, Marana, the northwest side, is definitely getting a lot of uh, new places. It's mm-hmm. growing like crazy. Um, I will say downtown, there's a lot of cool stuff to do. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of feels like a real downtown now, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I will say that it's a, li- it's a little bit too... Too high of a concentration of like yuppie shit. I think there needs to be more poor people shit, more dive bars that used to be around. But it's that's that's well. A whole you also other you need the yuppie stuff too to you know get the yuppies to take sure. jobs here after they graduate from college. Sure, and that's and that's very true. It's just that kind of like balance of of living in Arizona. Right. You yeah. Know, the the, the like Tucson the has a lot of little dive gems. Shout yeah. out the Golden Nugget. The oh, buffet. the Golden Nugget. Yeah, yeah. That's Danny's a... Baba Quivaria. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Baba yeah. Quivaria? That's, that's a tough word. I'm just gonna yeah, just gonna fine. roll with it. That's fine. Just say Danny's. Danny's. Yeah, yeah. Danny's in the midtown. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if in Arizona, you get a you get a little bit of everything. You you want snow, you go to Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. You want uh, desert, you know, you got Tucson. You go a little bit farther south. You go to Sierra Vista, that kind of thing. You got a beach, or you got water. You go to Lake Havasu. Yeah. You true. Want to, and you, uh, want you know we got Rocky Point, three and a half hours away. Yeah, you want to hike in the woods? You go to uh, Rim Country and, and Pine. You know, you're in the middle of giant trees. It's green. Yeah, I mean, you can get whatever the, whatever the hell you want. You can get it in Arizona. So hashtag yeah. visit Arizona. Hashtag hashtag visit Arizona. Visit Tucson. <laughs> yeah. Our sponsors on today's podcast. Yeah, who would like to? Um, <laughs> or if they'd like to sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> like a word from our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is uh, Joey from Visit Tucson. <laughs> yeah. Definitely come on down. Good deal. Hey, anybody got any meth? Uh, Tucson definitely has. <laughs> for the city, for the people, <laughs> <laughs> for the people who love meth. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love Tucson, but you know, let's let's be real. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. If you, if you want some really good meth, you actually just walk like a block down from where we are. Yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much our part of town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, hey, easy access to meth. It's a lot true. of great stuff to do yeah, downtown. Yeah. yeah, definitely hashtag visit Tucson. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, what uh, you do. Y'all do a lot of events here mm-hmm. at Dillinger Brewing Company. What are some events that you have coming up? Coming up? Yeah. So we've recently started every Saturday from 6 to p.m. Uh, speakeasy sessions. We're bringing different local musicians, rotate them throughout the week. We call it speakeasy sessions because at night our alleyway kind of looks like the people have no idea there's a bar back here. Then they kind of roll in. They see right. people drinking beers. A musician here kind of feels like an old traditional dillinger speakeasy. So sure. every Saturday, 6 to 8, live music. We have our huge St. Paddy's extravaganza going on Saturday the 16th, so the day before. We'll have corned beef and hash on all day. Start the day with the Humane Society doing an event called Picasso, which is where your dogs get to create masterpieces themselves by painting with their paws. You you actually like put paint on the dog's paws and it just kind of... And they create a masterpiece for you to remember for the rest of your life. Oh, nice. uh... So we have that in the morning. We have um, painting for humans after that. You get to paint, you know, St. Patty's themed steins, glasses, stuff like that. Well, equal opportunity brew. You get... uh, That's right. Dogs can paint, (laughs) humans can paint. That's right. A little bit for, you know, something for everyone. What about cats? Cats are uh, not this time, but I'm I'm a cat guy myself. So we'll see. We'll have a future Picasso cat edition. Meow Casso? Yeah, something like that. They have paws too, though. 
They do, yeah. Um, okay. So I, I got ooh, another. Live Irish band, six to eight that night, the Desert Rovers. I got another note here. So you brewed a space beer. Yes. I Tell brought a, a can somewhere. It's missing now. Uh, but so we got fat idiot <laughs> Eric. I probably yeah. drank it. Go back to jail, Jesus Christ! Why, when did, when yeah, did so let you I'll out? tell you the the origin story of that. So uh, Eric's on the junior board of advisors for the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, so is the mission leader named uh, Dante Loretta. It's a U of A based NASA mission called uh, Osiris Rex, and basically they're flying a satellite out into space to orbit and land on an asteroid called Bennu. Uh, harvest some stuff up, bring it home so we can learn about the meaning of life. So basically they wanted to do a, a beer for their employees to you know give to other people, and uh, we did a can for them, with really cool space art on it. It's an imperial stout at 9.3% with uh, cocoa nibs and it's cold brew boy. coffee. Uh, it's a big boy. And uh, we actually had the scientists take some color samples and try to make it the same color as the asteroid, which they call it albedo. So we found a little... Um, equation to match SRM, which is a, a beer color metric, to albedo, which is a reflectivity of light space color thing. And uh, it matches pretty closely, so you can call it the darkest beer in the universe. Noise. Yeah. So I didn't understand anything you said because I'm dumb. Space, space, beer, yeah, beer. Exactly. Space, space, <laughs> beer, beer, beer. Yeah. Um, what I will ask is, at what point was Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck involved? Uh, not involved in this canning run, but uh, if you guys are listening out there, I assume you're listeners. Uh, Hi, hit Bruce. us up. How's it going? Send us yeah. a DM on Instagram. Yeah, I haven't seen Glass. I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll gladly host him over here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll, we, oh, we could do a, a whole cast reunion of Armageddon and get Steve Buscemi. Uh, uh, what's the, 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 the Russian guy? It's a, you know, he's in there. Cut this out. Cut this out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah um, so I, I have a friend who uh, worked at the, on the OSIRIS-REx program. Uh, but this is called Bennu Arrival. Yeah, Bennu Arrival. It's the second in the series. The first one was Bennu Approach, and we brewed a, um, an Imperial Stout to celebrate them finally spotting after two years of flying through space, spotting Bennu. Right. Are you, and you're planning on brewing maybe like a Bennu Return, or what's the, uh, what's uh, the plan We'll probably there? have a couple things before that. It'll be up there for a couple of years, you know, mapping the asteroids, stuff like that. So Bennu we'll, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll find a couple different missions that, that are you know, important enough to, to warrant a beer release for it, maybe throw in some different styles or something and uh, make a few more releases because it was uh, pretty well received. As soon as you, you know, hashtag NASA, you get attention on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. We had, oh, is that what I have to do? We had a Florida newspaper write a little, little write-up about it, so we got started getting a lot of calls from Florida like where they could find it. Like, is it at our Safeway? <laughs> like, uh, no, you could come into our tap room in Tucson and pick it up. Or Plaza Liquors down here. Shout out Plaza. Yeah, can could, could I, could I ride my gator to go and get <laughs> yeah. it over at the Safeway yeah. on the corner? Everybody rides gators over there. I've been, yeah. I've been to Florida. You know that the, the mayor of Miami is a gator? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, That so makes ma- sense, ma- I guess. Ma- mayor Gator, yeah. yeah. Everybody just hangs out you with You kind of strike me as a Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just a drunk, fat idiot. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Who, who will uh, <laughs> hang out with unsavory characters with scales. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I like that you're uh, – Jesus, everybody in Florida is going to hate me now. I'm not being allowed <laughs> yeah. back. I, you know what? I, I don't want to be the classy alcoholic just for Arizona. All right. But I'm gonna eventually going to have to avoid Florida. I love you all. No, it's, it's, it's humid. It sucks. I, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I realize that I have amazing – we both have amazing hair. Right. Yeah. Went Mariah, back home to know, Houston. Yeah. Mariah. Th- thanks, yeah. Mariah. Went back home to Houston. My hair was just a shit show. It was terrible. So now I'm kind of wondering – did I never have good hair until I came to Arizona? Was my Ooh. entire life a lie? 
Yeah. I don't know. You're going to have to self-reflect a little bit. I know. I kind of, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like learning that you were adopted when you're, you know, 20 or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to the band new arrival <laughs> beer. Uh, I'm the worst podcast host. <laughs> you're doing uh, just fine. Um, no. So the, uh, so the band new arrival. So you, because the, uh, satellite's going to be on this asteroid for a couple of years, mm-hmm. Do you already have plans for, for the next beers? Do you know what they're going to be like? Or what's we don't the... have anything specific yet. Um, we're going to try to call one like Osiris Rex Equatorial Mapping or something like that. Because okay. their, their big new thing is, you know, is uh, making a color map of the entire thing and all the different metrics and sciences they use to <laughs> map this asteroid. So maybe if they find some color on there, we'll do a, a bright Goza, maybe like a red one or something. Okay. Make a cool like Pink Floyd reflective light can art on it or something nice. so normally i would say when somebody plans like a beer name before they even brew the thing it's kind of douchey and lame mm-hmm. but the fact that you <laughs> no no, no <laughs> i said normally but Go but on. but <laughs> i'm coming to, uh, no that was it just period all uh, right douchey and lame. no no yeah. but <laughs> clearly y'all have a reputation for having an idea following through no matter what it takes and executing it very well both in the brewery you know and the the mm-hmm. fact that you uh again yeah it, car before the horse yeah it kind of helps us to have a like an end goal in mind and yeah kind of map around how to get there and it's not that's not always the case it's only been for a few of them sure um but you know regular beers if it's a normal beer we'll we'll name it after kind of thing and yeah i mean it's a, it just it just speaks to the fact that you can have big goals you just got to be willing to bust your ass to get there right oh that's deep I am. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm just. Yeah, you know, whoa. Everything that's happened before <laughs> yeah. has is happen, will happen again and is happening now. Beer is a flat circle. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you got going on in uh, your life, classy alcoholic? You got any <laughs> blogs coming out? Yeah. You know what? I'm working on it. Jesus Christ. Everybody doesn't shut up about it just because <laughs> I, it's been quiet on my blog, but your favorite band puts out a CD and they don't put one out for three years. That doesn't mean they're dead. That means they're working. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm. I have a lot of things that I'm working. So on. it's going to be. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. So what? I, what I've got coming up is going to blow your goddamn mind. Wow. You, you don't even know. You don't even know. But just give me a little time. My website has been quiet. My Instagram has been. You know, it's been popping. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's yeah. Um, that, you've def- I've definitely seen you around, hanging out at bars and breweries and stuff. So you, you've been active. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, and I'm. I'm still supporting local. I'm right. still around. Yeah. I'm still. You know, and when when I go to beer releases, it's not just I'm not doing it just to promote myself, though I am follow the classy alcoholic on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely, you know, I, I want I want to bring more exposure to the Arizona craft beer scene, the wine scene, the spirit scene. Again, we're underrated. I agree. I think that Tucson for sure, a lot of places in Arizona, we're a craft beer destination. I think we uh, should have. People coming down for the tourism, for the skiing and the Flagstaff, for the hiking, and for people who like outdoors. I don't, I don't go outside. There's a bunch of weird bugs and shit out there. Everything's trying to get you. Yeah, you got snakes and scorpions and cactuses. And, yeah, yeah, I know. It's trying to murder you. Nature's just trying to murder us. But no, I think that uh, I, I, if I had a goal in mind other than becoming a famous celebrity with a classy alcoholic movie franchise. Mm-hmm. And you've already, you've already picked out the actor to play you, correct? Uh, yes, Oscar Isaac. Uh, I know you're listening. Uh, I love you. You're a beautiful, beautiful man. Please play me in the classic alcoholic movie. Who's going to play you, by the way? Ooh, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, that's yeah. great. No, but what I was going to say is that if I have a goal is to get more people to come out to this goddamn desert, this beautiful desert. Visit Arizona. If you love great beer, we have fantastic beer, quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. You can even take a little walking tour downtown now. We got a handful of breweries down there. And a handful of bars to drink other breweries as well. So yeah, um, this I mean, this podcast is uh, can be very Phoenix centric just because uh, Eric lives there when he's not in prison. Um, so uh, folks that live in Phoenix and you know, there's there's this sometimes there's this rivalry between Phoenix and Tucson. Shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> yeah, shut up about bre- it. Beer bring us together. Exactly. Like people are like, man, Tucson sucks. Yeah, Phoenix is spread out a highway. You know what? Getting getting around in Phoenix, it's actually not bad as long as it's not rush hour downtown it's a smooth ride across town okay there's a lot of highways and tucson you can walk downtown and get mm-hmm. to a bunch of breweries just shut up just <laughs> shut the fuck up about your like tucson sucks and phoenix i love i love both towns i love arizona as a whole but what i was getting at was uh for folks that are in phoenix and are maybe you know not really feeling coming down to tucson and they love beer where can they go downtown and hit a bunch of places other than your your brewery to just sell them on our town sure um let's see some of my favorite beer spots you got to hit tap and bottle if you're downtown and bottle, yep. uh they have about i don't know a million different cans and bottles of different stuff you can crack open have there or take to go uh the good oak bar by and, the uh, rialto tap, yeah. all arizona tap list all the time um we got independent distillery make their own gins and vodkas downtown uh, Borderlands, of course, Playbla Vita, Iron John's, 1055. All those last few places, walking distance. Yeah, by the so way. there's no shortage of good beer. Go right into the underpass, go to Hermano's, have some local beers, good food. Walk out the back, find a public brew house, another little brewery, nondescript back there as well. But I mean, it's hard, it's hard to miss good beer downtown. We have a lot of places that are definitely promoting it. Yeah, and even for people who love wine and spirits, you know, uh, Riley Pizza mm-hmm. downtown. Great pizza joint. Uh, it's in an old funeral home. Yeah, there's a little it, morgue downstairs. Yeah, the Tough Luck da- Club. You go downstairs. It's a Tough Luck Club. It's a it's a cocktail bar. Fantastic cocktail. A little pricey, but it's okay. It's <laughs> worth it. Worth it. But um, I, think I rolled a dice there, and they gave me a, a hard seltzer. So what? <laughs> they have this game where you roll a dice. Whatever you get, they have a drinks for that for that number. Oh no! And they got like a, a white claw hard seltzer or something. It's very refreshing. Yeah. Was it also like fifteen dollars? No, that's that's the cheap way to go. Okay, you just, you just okay. can't get what you want. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you just roll yeah. it, and what you get, what you get. Uh, I, that's what I said. The white claw hard uh, seltzer. That's what I got. And then uh, they also have you know, but they have like sazeracs on there, yeah, and they have yeah, good yeah. stuff okay. too. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love Tough Luck Club. Yeah. I love Riley uh, Riley Pizza. So yeah, good food, good beer, good drinks. Um, there's nothing really other than food and drinks, but I guess people like hiking and doing dumb shit like that. I don't know. Riding bikes and, and, and stuff. And, and, so yeah. My back hurts just like talking about <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, no, I, I definitely want to I, – I embrace the state as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you have too. I have. I want people to – to some people to go to Phoenix and go to cool places like – uh, Rent House, Twelve West, you know, Eight Bit, uh, Goldwater's fantastic Goldwater. as well. Oh, Goldwater, yeah, no, Goldwater's. Uh, yeah. Um, we wrote our business plan most of it between uh, Sip Coffee House and Goldwater, right there next door to each other. Nice. So uh, that's kind of our inspiration as we're opening. We're, okay. we're watching Goldwater open at the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you go to Undertow uh, downstairs of Sip Coffee? Uh, of course, I went to Undertow. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a big tiki drink guy. It's a big oh, part of my personality. That's right. It's, it's, <laughs> so tell me about that. I, you know what? 
Side we'll lay down some of the top tiki drinks in town. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, first off, you got to go to Con Tiki. Open since the 60s or 70s sure. down Broadway in Swanish. Classy place. You got to go to the hut. That's also a fantastic place for some crazy fish bowls and karaoke. I love this. This is giving up me in, life right up, now, please. <laughs> yeah. Up in Phoenix, Undertow is a classic, very hidden underground for something more in Old Town Scottsdale. You got hulas for some scorpion bowls. Keep going, keep going. Oh, man, I don't know if there's that many more. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. okay. What? I remember Seb telling me, like, oh, Aaron's a big tiki drink guy, which I, n- I didn't know that that was a thing that a person I wanted could it to be, be a thing. I like wearing loose Hawaiian shirts, you know. <laughs> Where did that even come from? I don't know. It's just a good time. You know? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Kokomo's I a good song. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up listening to Kokomo, <laughs> yeah. and now I exclusively drink yeah. tiki drinks. Well, f- for some reason, there's an, like a large, an oddly large amount of tiki bar culture in San Francisco. Really? Where uh, I, I always go with my friends because I grew up in that area, and uh, I've just kind of fell in love with them. I did a whole tiki bar tour one day. I went to a place called uh, the, the Pirates Cove, the Tonga Room. Uh, Tiki Toms and there's like an odd, oddly large amount of that over there. And I just thought it was fun to wear a loose Hawaiian shirt, make a fool of yourself, and drink fruity drinks. Okay, so I think uh, to finish off, I this again, it's an it's an Arizona based podcast. But since you're from the Bay Area, if somebody wants to go out there mm-hmm. for for a tour, beer, spirits, booze, sure, uh, yeah, go. What's uh, a couple where, of good spots? Where should I go? Uh, so my favorite brewery to visit back there is uh, Faction Brewing in Alameda. Okay. Alameda is a little Oakland, uh, little Oakland suburb. It's a little island as well. So if you're going to the Oakland airport, it's 10 minutes from there. It's an old shipyard uh, where the USS Hornets parked near there. And uh, you walk out on the shipyard, and you get uh, viewed right of the water and a whole San Francisco skyline behind you, too. Oh, wow. How do you get to the island? Uh, you, you know, you drive there. Oh, okay. So, so, so it's, <laughs> it's not... like a, it's an island where there's like a, a it's got a foot, bridge, a fifty foot drawbridge. It's like the only separation. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought maybe you had to take like a ferry or something. Oh uh, no, so. it's not that crazy. It's just you know, oh, it's okay. technically an island kind of thing. Okay, yeah. What else you got? Um, what else I got? Let's see. There's a little uh, beer bar in Walnut Creek, which is a town near me. It's called like Ole, and they have tons of local stuff on. They always have Russian River beers. You know, Plenty yeah. of the Elder, Blind Pig, stuff like that. Big yeah. to go section. I like uh, Cellar Makers in San Francisco. Great little brewery. Uh, 21st Amendment, if you want to go to a Giants game, it's right by the stadium. And I, there's tons of good stuff. There's probably a lot of new stuff I haven't been to as well. Good. That's, that's, a, that's a great tour. Yeah. All right. This, this is fun. This is All great. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. What, this is what we do anyways. Yeah, exactly. We're just hanging <laughs> yeah. out. And uh, if you want to listen to or don't, I don't give a shit. It's not my podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, it is. Okay, so um, where can people find your brewery and also where to find you on the internet so you can keep right. up with uh, so, events and uh, goings on? And find our brewery off Oracle Road in Tucson uh, between Prince and Roger. We're about a mile south of the Tucson Mall in the back of a little uh, industrial complex called Oracle Towers. Snuck between a pawn shop and a Cube Smart. So come down <laughs> the alleyway, the find shop, us yeah. back here. It's a really cool little tap room. We got roll ups, good weather, N64, beers to go, growler deals, live music, tons of fun stuff. Um, find our beers all around town. Ask for Dillinger if they don't have it, then hopefully they will have it. Find us online. Uh, Dillinger Brewing Co. is our Instagram. That's probably our most active. Uh, Facebook, Dillinger Brewing Company. Twitter, Dillinger Brewing Company, all that kind of stuff. Give us a follow. We'll appreciate it. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Aaron. This is a lot of fun, and I, I definitely love I love Dillinger Brewing Company. I love your beer. Uh, we appreciate your support. You've been here since day one. Day so, one, absolutely. Yeah. Even before day one, because yeah. I, uh, I was buddies with uh, Eric Seip before mm-hmm. the place even opened. So, uh, yeah, if you're in town, or even if you're out of town, 
come on down to Dillinger Brewing Company. All your you won't regret it. It's a cool super a super cool spot. Good people, great beer. Uh, yeah, follow so the I, classy alcoholic. Where can we find you? Uh, thank you so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, hi. Oh, funny less. <laughs> Hello, hi. I'm the <laughs> yeah. cla- that, yeah. that's me. Yeah, uh, I am your guest host, the classy alcoholic. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the classy alcoholic, Facebook the classy alcoholic, Twitter at brown and drunk. Ooh. One word. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's not a, a classy alcoholic. It's not available on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Snapchat brown and drunk as well. My website is theclassyalcoholic.net because I can't afford the .com. It's been quiet, but there's a whole wealth of a few years of archives there. You can just go back to the hilarious uh, brewery reviews, short stories. Taco Bell and beer pairing. That was my favorite. Oh, that's right. I did do. I did a uh, fast food, gross fast food and beer pairing, craft beer pairing, several years ago. I think that's like one of the articles that really got me noticed uh, early on by people. Like, yeah, that's something that people want to know. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you're speaking to the people. Yeah, you know, I I love fine dining. I love classy <laughs> dining, but I also don't want to pay you know eight dollars for a goddamn baked potato on the side. You know, and I need fair enough. Food. Yeah, sometimes I just want to get hammered and eat disgusting, greasy fast food. So I wrote an article pairing Arizona craft beer with the grossest fast food you can think of: uh, Taco Bell, Dorito, Nachos, Tacos. And, yeah, um, the, the the McKing Bang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, could you not? I kind of have. <laughs> A fast food fetish, uh, the McGangbang, <laughs> where you put the McChicken inside the McDouble. Uh, Pair that with the Borderlands beer. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of hilarious articles there that you can go back to if you've never been to my site. Just check out the archives. It's uh, you you can waste a lot of time reading my dumb shit. So, um, Aaron, thank you for being here. Eric Walters, thank you for letting me co-host. Uh, sit tight, buddy. Um, sorry that you're you've been in prison so long. I've got some supplies we'll for come you. Get yeah, I've got some supplies <laughs> for you hidden in my butt. So uh, we're gonna come see you soon. Uh, hopefully, we can do conjugals. And uh, thank you for listening to Tap That Az. We'll see you next time. Salud. Boom. Guys, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you check out Dillinger. Make sure you check out Classy Alcoholic. He is quite the character for sure. Super nice guy who is sometimes and often inappropriate to many people's dismay. No, that's not what I'm going to say. Many people's um, pleasure, I guess. People love to laugh with him and at him. So, classy. Nice work, buddy. Um, Yeah. Keep up the support. Really love you guys so much. Thanks for supporting the show. I'm um, always getting private messages from people, people sharing the uh, sharing the story, sharing the episode. So really, really appreciate that. Um, everyone here doing their part to get Arizona beer on the map, deservedly so. So you want to help the podcast get a little bit more exposure. Rating and review on iTunes really, really helps to get the name out there. And also, if you want to support the podcast and wear some sweet Half That AZ gear, reach out to me. Hoping to have a store up soon. I know I keep saying that, but um, soon is a very loose term. So I know if I say that, then I can be a week or 17 months. So (laughs) hoping it's much, much quicker than that. But if you guys want some gear, hats, shirts, hit me up. Let me know. Estoy tan enamorado de la negra Tomasa Y cuando se va de casa, triste me pongo Estoy tan enamorado de mi negra preciosa Y cuando se va de casa, triste me pongo